The following program is for lovers of the state of North Carolina and the Savior God. To follow Land of Ancient Firsts, visit Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, and search for Land of Ancient Firsts. You may also follow this podcast on Instagram, at Land of Ancient Firsts. Now, here is Matthew Pope. Hello, and welcome to Land of Ancient Firsts. I'm your host, author and writer Matthew Pope. And I thank you for joining me today. This is a uh, special episode, and it really is a uh, prelude to some episodes that I would like to introduce further on into the summer, uh, but very, very soon. Um, But I thank you for joining me on what is now, I believe, our fourth episode of Land of Ancient Firsts. Uh, It's been about a two-month journey so far, and it's been everything that I've expected it to be. I think God has really done a great job of just making available his graces and his favors through another outlet. And that is discussing with you um, the love of my state, the state of North Carolina, uh, and the love that I have for everything that is North Carolina, everything related to the Tar Heel State. Um, But today, I wanted to dive more into my books. So as an author and writer, I've published now 18 different books. Uh, Most of them are heavily influenced by North Carolina and the passions that I have for where I'm from and where I was born and raised. And one of these in particular is the War with the Remnant series, the first novel for War with the Remnant series that I created. Uh, And it's called Translated Literature. It's from Revelation 12, 17, which I have on hand. And that is a piece of scripture in the New Testament and the New Testament book of Revelation that says, And the dragon was wroth with the woman. And went to make war with her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm a Catholic believer, a Catholic Christian believer, born-again Catholic, if you will. And so when I look at that verse, um, hermeneutically, I create two things. One, I believe that 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 is a picture of Israel uh, symbolically in the book of Revelation because it's speaking on Jesus returning um, and redeeming his people, but it also mentions obviously him being uh, the son of Israel, if you will. Um, All the imagery seems to point back to the motherland for the Christian faith, but at the same time, being a Marian and a Roman Catholic, we look at that verse as saying also applying as well to Mary. We, we look at that verse as, as a Marian verse in the scriptures. So Mary is the mother of all Christians. She's the mother of the church. And so therefore, those that keep the commandments of Jesus Christ, the testimony of Jesus Christ, all those things, um, as being her seed, basically her children, her spiritual children, that is who the devil's attacking. So essentially the devil's attacking the church because all those who are sons and daughters of the Most High God and sons and daughters of Mary, the mother of God, then that is the church being attacked. Um, and so I took from that, I took that verse, and obviously Revelation is an apocalyptic book. It's speaking about the coming, second coming of Christ um, and the, the last plagues of tribulation, a time of great turmoil and pain for the earth and its inhabitants. Um, but in the end, peaceful because Christ comes back and redeems the world and reconciles the world to himself and all those in it that believe in Jesus, that are believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Um, they are therefore taken to heaven. And so there's a very peaceful end to a rather rigid and rough uh, book of the Bible. Um, but in that, 
This is why I often advertise War with the Remnant Translated Literature as a work of Christian fiction, because it's based on biblical events. It's influenced by biblical events, um, but it's interwoven with themes of North Carolina, interwoven with themes of different things going on in the world, some, some current events uh, implemented in there, and also scenes from past wars and things like that. So it's, a, it's basically um, a collision and hodgepodge of all those things um, into one book. And so in the beginning, you have a prologue that I wrote, and it's basically describing what a novel really is. Um, I like to go in depth on my books. I like to explain why we do the things that we do. And even more now, as I've written this um, since, as I've written other entries into the War with Remnant series, I've really wanted to describe and, and understand why we, you know, how we received the concept of a novel, what that really is, what is the concept of a book. And so I'm always playing around with different um, additives, so prologues or epilogues or notes or all kinds of forewords, and I'm always doing different things for my books. This is no different. Um, but the greatest thing about this book that I, well, one of the things that I love, obviously being the creator and God being the influencer, is just the cover. So the cover work is Reynolds Block, which is the brickwork company. Uh, that was responsible for many of the bricks laid in Wilmington, North Carolina, on the streets. So Wilmington has, I would say, 60% of their streets um, are actually brick underneath the pavement. There has been a brick restoration program that has been launched by the city of Wilmington in recent years to return the streets back to brick. Um, and so most of the exposed brick you can find, let's say, on 4th Street, for instance. I believe this is where I took the photo. And you can always find different types of brick companies that had laid uh, these bricks into place, and they're still standing today. Some are cracked and obviously aged, but some still have the, um, the imprint of their brand uh, very legibly written and withstanding today. So you're talking 100 years, 150 years of history, possibly more. Wilmington is nearly 300 years old. Um, by organization. So a very historical city that was something that I couldn't pass up on um, when developing this novel series. And my family on my father's side uh, is from the Wilmington area, Burgall, North Carolina, Long Creek, uh, Magnolia, North Carolina, and some other areas. And so Wilmington has always been a special place for me. I think I mentioned that in some earlier episodes of this podcast, but this was very implemental or influential in me um, setting the book as a headquarters uh, in Wilmington. And the main character, Benedict, um, is departing Wilmington, North Carolina. But I don't want to give too much of the book away, but at the same time, I want to speak on it. Um, it's a short book. Um, it's probably no more than 70 pages, between 60 and 70 pages, um, and about 9,000 or so words, um, something that I quickly wrote um, because of just being so influenced and so inspired, I, I had to write it quickly. And it's loaded with Bible verses. Um, but it's just something that I've really treasured and wanted to speak with you today. But for the time being, we have to go to a few messages. So I will take a short break and I'll be right back. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with her sea, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation 12:17. War is coming. Will you be ready? The world is shaking from an approaching enemy and an encroaching Lord, preparing for the final showdown. Who will be the victor? 
The first Christian novel from author and writer Matthew Pope, War with the Remnant translated literature brings scripture and fiction into one work. Set in North Carolina, follow the events of a holy nation, meeting an unholy people, building towards a closing battle. With images and imagery in Wilmington, North Carolina, Southport, North Carolina, Oak Island, North Carolina, and along the mighty Cape Fear River, this publication intends to forewarn and predict. The first entry into the War with the Remnant series, Translated Literature, is now available for purchase on Amazon and Kindle. Hello and welcome back to Land of Ancient First. As we were discussing before, my book titled War with the Remnant translated literature. And I was discussing some of the elements of the book, what really uh, inspired me to create it and how it came about. I wanted to share with you the main verse because translated literature, uh, such an interesting title, a lot of mystique behind it. And so I wanted to give the Bible verse that I used uh, when deciding what the title would be. And Colossians 1.13 is what stuck out to me. And it says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, one of the things you'll notice about my books is that I often use King James Version. Um, and actually, specifically, I use the King James Version with Apocrypha, which in the Roman Catholic Church, we include uh, seven additional books in our Bibles. Um, and so the Apocrypha, for us, we don't usually necessarily use that term, although we do acknowledge that term. Um, it is just part of the Bible for us. But in any case, I use that version. And so King James is something that I've always gravitated towards when I was coming up um, as what you would call a baby Christian uh, when I was growing up and nourishing in the faith. And so I use that quite a bit. Now, I use Bible verses heavily in all my works. Uh, and War with the Remnant Translated Literature uh, is no different. I use Bible verses throughout. And so what I'm usually doing is as I'm writing the series or writing the book, I'm explaining the story, all the details, giving the imagery, giving the reasons. Uh, the symbols, the, the representations, and the historical uh, alignments or uh, references. And as I'm doing that, I'm also using scripture as I speak, and I try to weave it into the story itself. And then I provide a footnote um, for the Bible verse that I'm referring to and the scripture that I'm giving or alluding to in the story. Um, I do that quite on occasion for any theological work, and so it's no different when I approach the fictional work. Uh, I wanted to do the same thing. And so as I'm working through, I'm building two narratives. One, I'm building the narrative of the story itself. So I'm, I'm building towards the climax of what I want to say, uh, the point that I'm, that I'm aiming towards in the storyline. But I'm also giving you a narrative of the scripture. So I'm showing how the Gospels or the Old Testament or the wisdom literature or, or whatever you'd like to say, uh, showing the, the testimony that itself is building towards. And usually that's Jesus in itself, but it's also the, the consummation of, of everything, the biblical timeline, the church timeline. And so all these things are working and interacting together. So I try to make it more than just a novel because I feel as though anybody could write just a novel and anybody can write just a Christian novel, but I like to make it more of a study. So if, if one is reading the book, they're also learning the word of God. And for me, there's nothing better than that because now you're, you're not only educating yourself on things that you may not have known about Wilmington, for instance, because I'm including streets and names um, and places that are privy to my experience uh, in Wilmington or the surrounding areas. Um, but I'm also giving you knowledge of God's word and theology and showing you that our world is not absent from God. Um, and God has not, is not absent from us, obviously. And so his word uh, is in everything. 
and everything that we do, we can correspond it back to the to the biblical elements. Um, even showing the wicked, not embracing the wicked or promoting it or, or making some propaganda, you know, march, um, but even showing how the wicked of this world um, is something that the Bible talks about. It's not something that we just discover and say, "Wow." There's evil in this world. No, God has shown us in his word that there will be evil in this world. Um, and that is a big theme. Obviously, the theme of this book is good and evil, fighting it out. Uh, the last battle, the closing scene, um, it's working towards that. Now, as I continue to write more entries, I'm expanding as much as I can. Um, and I don't want to go into too much detail because um, basically the plan for this episode was to provide a beginning or introduction to me providing an audible version of my book. Now, I want to record it on this podcast and read it word for word uh, for you, for those who are listening. Uh, And that is going to begin very soon. So this episode is setting that up. This is the foundation. This is why I'm explaining the book right now. Um, But I would like to not give too many details away until at least I read the book and read through it for uh, your listening pleasure. And so I'm, I am just right now explaining the elements and the ingredients um, of this formation, of this book formation. So that is, that is the plan for today, in case you were wondering. And so another thing that I wanted to mention before my time is up today um, is that the names that I use uh, are historical in themselves. So a lot of times I'll use Wilmington, um, but I'll use her her ancient names, so uh, Carthage, uh, Newtown, and some others, and I'll do the same if I feel as though a region or a particular place or landmark uh, can be explained or named otherwise, I'll do that instead of just completely giving it away and telling you where exactly the author is or where exactly uh, the character is or where I am or or where you know the events in the story are taking place. A lot of times I'll use alternate names because I like to fully embrace the historical lineages of the places in North Carolina. I do that quite a bit for, for each of these entries. Uh, and you'll hear some of that when I read through it in translated literature. But God has been so gracious. Um, every book that I write, again, has a point and an end to it. It's to know Jesus Christ. Um, this book is no different. If you look through its contents and its pages, and especially in the very end, you'll find some advertisements from other books and the ministries that I have. And so I'm always giving information about my authorship, about the things that I've done, uh, even Attendant of the World, Matthew Pope 28, uh, In Love With You Always, and the Apostles' Doctrine, like all four of my ministries. And of course, now in the future, I'll add Land of Ancient First to that. Uh, and some uh, previous books up until this point where this book was published, those previous books were on here too. But in the very end, I'm always um, hoping to inform people. That is the point, is to inform people about Christ. And so if the scripture doesn't do it throughout the story, if the storyline doesn't do it, then I'm praying at the very end that I can provide some works that somebody can flip to uh, otherwise, or somebody can learn about the ministries that I do. And hopefully, and somewhere in this book and this concept and this theme, and all the things that are going on, you'll find that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And so I'll leave you with that today. Thank you for your time. And uh, I look forward to recording soon, and we'll be back shortly. So may God bless all of you. Once again, we thank you for tuning in to Land of Ancient First today. We pray God moved your heart and revealed His Son, Jesus Christ. For more information about author and writer Matthew Pope, you can visit his website, allthingsworktogether.org, or 
You can follow his ministries on Facebook and Instagram at MatthewPope28. We look forward to broadcasting with you, and until then, Christ be with you.